You're listening to All Things Photo. This episode is sponsored in part by Breakthrough Photography. So if you're in the market for an incredible filter, head on over to eldridgephoto.com, find our sponsors page, and click the link to Breakthrough Photography. In this episode, I interview Barbara Laviri. Hey, Barb, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Jason? I'm doing good. I wanted to thank you first for taking the time out of your day to talk to me and to meet everybody that's that listens to the podcast. It's my pleasure to be here. All right. Now that we have at least your first name, tell us about you and how you got into photography. Uh, well, my last name is Laviri, just so I can take that off of you. <laughs> so if I get it wrong <laughs> in the intro, right then, right, then at least you get it right now. Right. Just a little bit about me. Um, well, I'm originally born and raised in Wisconsin, little little town of Fond du Lac, which not really little, I guess. It's a, about 50,000 people. But I, I moved to South Florida when I was about 30 years old, so about 20 years ago. I've always had a camera, not not like fancy photography, but even as a kid, my, my mom would give me her hand-me-down cameras. I had a you know, she would get a new camera. I would get whatever she was using before. My first was a an old Kodak Instamatic. <laughs> so this is probably late seventies, and and I was I was thinking about this earlier when I we had gone to Yellowstone as a family, and we my parents had rented an RV, and we were staying right there in the campground. And we went to do the the boardwalk tour and. We came across a big um, herd of elk, of course. I'm this <laughs> photographer, so I go running after these elk. And at the time, my, my, I think it was my dad. He was he had the old Super 8 video camera on. Because you can <laughs> see me just taking off, going after these elk. And then I just stopped. And my head whipped around. And I was, like, sulking on the way back because I didn't want to come back. But I'm sure I was yelled at to not get close to the animals. <laughs> yeah, so I, guess I was so. one of the original tourons, I guess they call them. Right. Yeah, you're the reason why they put the signs up that it's 50 exactly. yards from the elk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I think they were there before I got there. <laughs> um, and I, but I didn't really get into photography as like I am now until I after I moved here. I think it was when digital. Oh, I had I had a film camera, but it, I think it broke or something. And then, um, our our company had uh, bought, I think, three or four of these little Nikon point and shoots to use on job sites. And I, I was an editor of a newsletter for this organization I belong to. So I decided to borrow, quotations here, borrow one of their cameras <laughs> for the weekend. So I had something to put in the newsletter. And as I was driving home from work, it was heading west. It was right. I was heading right into the sun. And. I just, whatever it was, it caught my eye. It was a, the, above the, this tree line of palm trees. It was purple and bright, and, and then below it was orange and pink. And, and I said, oh, my God, look at this. And I pulled over on the entrance of the turnpike, which is very <laughs> busy. And I got out of the car and stopped to take a picture of it. And uh, af after that, I was in search of a better way to, to take pictures and that's kind of how it started. So that was like 2007. Okay. 
Um, but I didn't get it. I didn't get a DSLR until 2011. And that was an old, old model Olympus that I don't think it worked right. I don't think it still works right. I still have it. And then, uh, and then I joined the camera club, South Florida well, National Parks Camera Club. Yeah, I may have may have heard of that actually. Have you heard of that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that I, I met a couple of really cool guys that taught me everything I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for everybody listening, Barb, she the first time I met her was at a camera club event. I think I was the president at the time yes. of the camera club, and and she just seemed so excited to be there. Was that the night that that Beth did her? Her yes. night night shoot. So uh, Beth Ruggiero York, who was the uh, co-host on the nature photography show. I haven't had her on the all things photo yet, but we'll get there, you know, baby steps here. And she was there and she did a workshop for the club. And, yeah. and I think Barb showed up that night and I left my camera at home because I was trying to focus on everybody else and making sure that right. everybody was there. And we had, I mean, there were a ton of people there at that sunset Lake in the yeah. Everglades. And, uh, I remember, I remember meeting you, uh, for yeah. sure then. And then I, were you a member yet or were you yes. planning on, okay. you? I, I actually joined just so I could attend that. I had been looking at the, uh, your website and I kept looking at it going, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then when I saw that <laughs> event come up and I was like, that's it, that's it. I want to do it. And I couldn't capture what you all could because my camera was just so bad but i was so excited i'll, I'll never forget when, when i think it was the week before and she had that talk on how to do it how to run your camera mm -hmm. it was inside in that little meeting room and she kept talking about how to focus how to how to set focus in the dark by focusing on like the moon or a bright star you know mm -hmm. manually and she kept saying live view, live view. And I'm, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm looking around the room and I'm looking at everybody else thinking, are they, is anybody else as confused as I am? Because I did not know what live view was. And so I, and I, I had to suck it up saying, okay, just ask a stupid question because otherwise you're not going to know. So yeah. I raised my hand and I asked her and, and she says, well, that's the, that's the thing on the back of your camera. And I go, <laughs> oh, I had no idea that there was a such a thing as a live view. I knew there was view because yeah. I could see a photo after, but I did not see it before. And so, yeah, that was my <laughs> hello camera club. She doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's uh, that's one of the great things about camera clubs is if you yeah. don't know anything, it's a great place to go and get started. I mean, you have YouTube now, but at, right. you know, 2007 and and later in those earlier years, there weren't as as much on YouTube as there is now. And right. uh, boy, camera clubs are great if you can find a good one that has you know, friendly people. That I know that there are some situations where people get into where you get talked down to and you get all that kind of negative side of things. You know, if it's a really competitive group, all that kind of stuff. But uh, the South Florida. Uh, I can't even remember it now because it's so long. The SFMPCC, South Florida National Parks Camera Club, uh, the people there were so friendly and and nice and and helpful. I think at least that's what we we tried to cultivate and still do. Barb is the you're the secretary. Is that still correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I asked that title. because it seems like you you do most 
everything. Actually, you, you, you do a whole lot for the club and you're active. And when I want to talk about that a little bit later too, you're not only active in the club, you're active on YouTube, you're active and by active on YouTube, I mean, you, you watch a lot, you interact with people, you talk, um, you offer assistance by finding good YouTube videos and sending them out to folks. You're part of the, the nature first, which we did have on the nature photography show. You can go back and, and catch that in an earlier episode of that. And we, we had someone on that we interviewed for that. And right. you're extremely active in the photography community, uh, as well as being a photographer. Yeah, that was, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Um, you know, all of a sudden, one day I was just trying to be quiet as a mouse in the corner of a meeting room, listening and learning everything I could. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm like, how did I get here? So when you, were, when you mentioned YouTube, like you said, when I started in 2015, the, the, the people that I watch on a regular basis now, they hadn't started yet. I don't think Thomas Heaton had started yet, or if he did, he was just getting started, and it was very small. Adam Gibbs didn't start till 2017, and those are my two, you know, them and of course Nick Page, and I don't know, I don't know when he started, but a lot of them were just like little, like they call them now, little shorts. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't, I don't think it had evolved to the point where it is now, and I don't know that I could have. Well, maybe I would have learned. I, I did a lot of looking things up on, on the internet. I Googled the, the dumbest thing you think of. <laughs> I just typed it in. I said, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? Nobody knows. I, I was sitting there on my Blackberry. How to shoot a sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I you know what? I still do that. I, I'm in Lightroom and Photoshop, and sometimes my brain will just shut down, and it'll say, right. okay, you've now forgotten how to do this simple task that you've done a million times. So I, I go right. on YouTube and I look all the time and there's so much that's out there right now. Some are good. Some right. are not so good. And so, you know, for, for those watching YouTube for the first time, make sure you're finding the right person uh, to yeah. teach you the photography and not send you down the wrong path, which is Absolutely. very possible. <laughs> yes. There is a lot of bad information and there's yeah. a lot of old information. Right. I, I remember looking something up uh, just recently. I, I think I was trying to remove a background from a signature at work and uh, I couldn't remember how to do it because I rare, I so rarely do it. And I went online. It was something from like 10 years ago. And I said, my <laughs> God, this is this is taking forever. There's got to be an easier way. And so you know, I tried to find something a little newer and then it, it popped right up. So yep, open up Photoshop three. <laughs> <laughs> so. I did that. No, when you when you see the the pop up boxes and you're like, oh my god, that is so 1990. <laughs> <laughs> so out of photography, we've been talking, you know, uh, about the South Florida National Parks Camera Club, and so what kind of photography do you like? What what are you what your what are you passionate about in photography? I I like nature photography. I I used to say I was landscape photographer. I, I I don't do wildlife, you know, because at the time I think all I had was a wide angle lens. But when you live where we live here in South Florida, there you you're kind of hard pressed to not shoot some kind of wildlife. Right, um, yeah, gators once, or birds or something. Right, a bird. I remember the first time I had gone up to um, uh, Merritt Island. Uh, there's a wildlife drive, and I was like, oh, look at the pretty whatever trees and weeds and 
grass and water and and there's there's a bird it was right next to me and i was like oh god it's right here i gotta shoot it and and now i i, I love taking the good pictures sometimes i you know go crazy like like you do you see a bird you take a picture of it I have some where I cut I cut the feet off because I'm so <laughs> concentrated on getting that eye sharp. I don't pay attention to what else. And then, like, I got 30 shots of a bird with no feet. Uh, I've often said that, that bird photography, birds in flight in particular, are extraordinarily hard to do. I mean, oh, it's yeah. just a challenge. Some of the modern cameras are are certainly making it easier. Uh, but even right. then, even with those, it, it's it's harder. It's much easier to get things in focus, but those, they, they don't exactly always fly the exact same way that you think that they're going to fly. Oh, no. And then you got to worry about the background. Is it too bright? Are you going to blow out your highlights? <laughs> Which, you know, so when we first did that that road where we camped, it was it's in the, in the big cypress on Loop Road. There's all those little culverts <laughs> go under the road. And it creates a, an open lagoon type area mm -hmm. and the birds hang out there and it's a nice dark background for a nice white bird. And sometimes oh, they move great. and it, yeah. I, I, I could sit there for hours and just watch them. It, it, it's fun. It can be fun, but I, I particularly like, I like landscapes. I, I'm, I, I love landscape photography. That's, that's my absolute favorite. I, I like almost all things in, in photography, but landscape photography i like because it's generally not always but it's slow paced right. um, most a lot of the times at least the places that i choose it's nice and quiet you don't have a lot of people around or if the people that are around are the, the people that you want around you and you know it's just nice and relaxing uh, right. bird photography is not relaxing at all it seems always very fast paced and uh, i have a lot of fun with that too though i love yeah. i would love to photograph grizzlies and moose and all those things but there's not a whole lot of those in south florida so i don't get an opportunity to do that very often nope nope all right now one of the reasons uh, other than the fact that i think you're an awesome person and Aww. photographer is one of the reasons i wanted you on here is because i've noticed a conference company it's called out of chicago and yes. they seem to do things a little different so you've heard of photoshop world and imaging usa and it's generally a, a big place where they get a lot of vendors together and they have all of these classes that are two hour classes or one hour classes with these famous rock star photographers. And you go in and I've been to imaging USA and I've walked around and it was great experience. I, I mean, I, I would, I would recommend it for anyone. I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed the little class. I'm not sure how applicable it was to what I was doing at the time, but I, I took a class. Uh, I was interested in wedding photography, like a weirdo at the time. And so I, that's what I watched and it was, it was cool. I got some good information out of that, but the conference itself, they all seem to be kind of similar to that Photoshop world maybe is a little different because they have uh, much more focused on classes, but they have all kinds of rock star photographers there. They have all that, but now I've started right. noticing the out of Chicago conference and I'm right. not sure conference is exactly the right word for it, but I know that you've attended, uh, how many have you gone to, uh, physically I've only been to one so far. Okay. I, but I you, will be going to another one okay. in a few weeks. Right. All right. All right. So the, the one that you went, I, I know that the other ones that you didn't go physically, that was during the COVID weirdness and right. where we didn't get together and all that kind of stuff. But uh, so tell me about the experience that you had with out of Chicago and how it 
differs from that uh, traditional conference? Um, well, it, it's, I, I first found out of Chicago actually through watching bloggers. Uh, Thomas Heaton, I think, was one of their first instructors in the out of Acadia. Uh, I believe that was 2017. And then he went back. They did an out of Moab with him. Nick Page was there. There was a whole bunch of people there. That's actually where I, I had discovered Gavin Hardcast because he was one of the instructors there. And out of Chicago started doing some uh, YouTube videos. So I would watch them and I, I thought, wow, what a cool what a cool thing. And so I had looked it up, the, the, their workshops. And I was a little taken aback by the price. It was a little, <laughs> it, it's not cheap. I'm not saying it's not worth it. It is definitely worth it. At the time, I couldn't afford it. Um, but when, when the COVID hit, you know, cause they had, they had, they had been doing this for, I think two or three years and they started in Chicago, just doing little like, um, botanical gardens and they would go up actually into where I grew up in Wisconsin and take photos. I've seen, I went on their website, looked at some stuff and it's, they've, they've been active for quite a while, but they finally branched out to, um, bigger bigger areas you know the whole united states um but i i finally dipped my water in the out of chicago world when they when covid hit and they did their first out of chicago live and it was like everybody was you know we don't know what's going on everybody's scared everybody's you know scooped up in their house for the last month and a half and and nobody was shooting anything i was still going to work but but it was, you know, it was very uncertain. You remember those times. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. And, and all of a sudden, here comes Chris Smith and his out of Chicago family. And they create this huge online weekend-long Zoom conference. And nobody knew what they were doing. It was it was all the seat of their pants. But they did such <laughs> a great job. I was so impressed by their organization, by the people they had every every big name photographer you can think of. They were there. Even people you'd never heard of, they were there. People that I should have known for a long time. I did not know who they were. They were there. I, I think I heard that they had 800 people attend that online conference. So it was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, then they had done another one. And I guess 2021, they did it like another live, which I wasn't. I didn't do that because I was in Utah then for the other conference. But when they when they announced that they were doing the Smoky Mountains, I, I jumped on it. I said, <laughs> I have to go. I want to do it because um, it was right after I had my situation last year. And I thought, you know what? Anything can happen. I can be hit by a bus. I can, you know, anything, anything. I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm just going to go for it. If there's something I want to do, I'm doing it. I don't care. I, I got a credit card. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I I signed up for the out of the Great Smoky Mountains, and it was it was wonderful. It was it the it now they the way they do their workshops. I think they started out differently, where you used to be able to pick and choose who you would see. They have like a a group, maybe twenty or thirty. Um, name instructors people that you would have heard of some bloggers some not some just really good photographers and you used to be able to pick who you wanted to go off and shoot with it wasn't in in the classroom 
type thing. It was a, you go out and shoot with your favorite photographers. But I guess there were some people that were kind of disappointed in the past because they couldn't or they didn't get a chance to shoot with, you know, everybody. They, you know, they like so many of these people and they couldn't shoot with everybody. So now what they do is they pair up two of their instructors and they're, they're paired up throughout the whole, the whole workshop. And then they put uh, participants in groups and you're with the same group the whole, the whole workshop. And then you just rotate. So one morning you're with a group or instructors A and B. The afternoon shoot, you're with C and D. And the next morning you're with E and F and then so on and so on. So you get to spend a good chunk of time with every instructor that there are, that they have. And it's usually about 10 people in a group. That's about what we had, I think. So you, you get one-on-one -on -one with, if you want it with every all the instructors and i i had a great time do they do classroom as well or is it all in the field uh when the, we we did a morning session sunrise sometimes uh well in the smoky mountain there's not a whole lot of sunrises to be had so we did mostly morning and then we did a sunset and then during the day what they they did when we came back they gave us all a little bit of time to take a nap or whatever and then we had, um, they have a presentation and then they, they have what they call, um, oh God, I can't remember what they call it, table talks. They, certain people would be sitting at a, they have these big round, like 10 foot tables and you could, you know, someone would be sitting at one talking about Lightroom and somebody would be at another talking about composition or, or whatever, you know, and, and they all had something different going on. And, and they took turns. So maybe the next day it was another group of three or four people. And the next day it was somebody else. So, and then just, then they give you lunch and then you get some extra free time and then you go off for your evening session. We were supposed to have like a campfire, but it, it got so cold that nobody wanted <laughs> to sit out of the campfire. At night. So the first night was nice, but after that it was too cold. I guess what's, different about this conference is you get to actually go out and shoot. And it's not only uh, you, you go with that one photographer and there's 30 people in the, in the group that you're going with, it's a smaller group, 10 people, right? You get two, two world-class photographers that are leading right. these and you're actually out photographing what you love to photograph. And I think right. that's, that's what, Photoshop world misses. Uh, that's what some of these other conferences miss is you go and yeah, they might have booths set up so you can go try the fancy stuff, the new lights and the the whatever. And you take a few shots and they got a model and, and all that, but they, they miss the, the actual photography of going out in the field and spending time out there and spending time with those instructors. And I, I haven't heard the uh, round table discussion and that sounds that sounds really awesome because you get to sit around and just talk about photography with right. whoever happens to be there, whether it's the participant or the person leading it or whatever it happens to be. And I think that's that's a, a really good environment, a really good idea, this out of Chicago conference. Right. And I would love to see more conferences like this where you have the groups of people that get to go out and actually use their camera. Well, that, that we the, the first day. um that we actually had our shooting day. Cause the first real day you sign up, you get your name tag, you get your group and 
they did the coolest thing. They give you this trivia, uh, and it's a, a little question that you have to go to every instructor and and ask them. So you 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 interact with that person, and then so the one I and, and this is your this is your favorite. I remember <laughs> I I messaged you. I'm like, you know what this is? You're like, yeah, Bill Fortney. Bill Fortney. Remember? Yeah. So I had the question, and it was him with uh, David Akubian. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's he's from Georgia, but he's does a lot of wildlife. So the two of them are together, and so I had to ask. And his question was, my his where he where he's from was a there was a famous TV show about this about a, a oh god what do you call it. Not a park ranger, like a the national range. Oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of it. Or whatever it was, it was it was justified because I knew the show. I'm like, oh my god, I know that show. I said, you're from there, and it was so cool. But he was the first roundtable talk, and we just sat there and listened to him talk. He just told stories, his his stories about things that he's done and places he's gone, about his airplane and shooting you know different thing it was so cool and it yeah i mean if you're looking for a workshop to it's it's not a conference um it's 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 just a workshop where you learn a little bit you, you hear presentations but it's mostly for going out and shooting um right. And you meet so many people. The the good thing, I think, before in their earlier uh, workshops, people would switch. They wouldn't be with the same people all the time. Mm -hmm. So when you're with the same group, you get to know everybody in that group for the most part. Um, most of us had we exchanged, you know, emails and Facebook and Instagram and all that <laughs> stuff. So of course, there there is you're you're not going to have perfect groups there's always going to be that one person that, yeah there's always that one person you know <laughs> and i i hope that wasn't me <laughs> well i think but, what i always say is if you can't identify the one person there's a good chance that you're the one person so. <laughs> yeah yeah there was definitely yeah, i i tried my hardest to be you know unlike myself <laughs> but and and um yeah it but it was fine. It was fine. You get you get to see a whole lot of stuff. Now, if you're going to get, you know, totally portfolio, you're probably not going to get that because you are kind of rushed. You know, if you're you're going out in a workshop, you 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 leave at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning because you know how long it takes to drive anywhere in the Smoky Mountains. Right. You yeah. got to leave early, and you go. And then you get there and you get a couple of hours because you got to get back because most everybody, most of your instructors have either a presentation or they have a roundtable discussion. So you're kind of limited as to how much time you can spend in one location, but you get to see so much. So if, if there was anybody that was going to do it, I would highly recommend it. I wish I had taken this advice for Oregon, but I don't have any more vacation time is to go. And then take three or four days after so you can go back right. to where you were and, and do this on your own. All the stuff that you learned, you can go back and really take your time and, and hone in the the things that you learned and really work it, work the scene and take, you know, just take your time without being rushed or 
because the person next to you wants your spot and they want to get that shot. And, you know, <laughs> it, it is only 10 people, but if you're on Sparks Lane and you got 10 people lined, you're going to get the same photograph. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you'll get uh, tons of people in the same spot in the same area and uh, shoving yeah. and pushing and, and all that. And everybody wanting to get the same shot because it, it looks awesome. And yeah, I yeah. understand that. Everybody was shooting these trees. I turned and shot the horses. <laughs> well, you know, Barb went, she went on a, on a workshop with me years ago. I don't remember how many years ago now, but it was, uh, it was it, five years ago, five years ago. And it was to the Smoky mountains. And I tell you what, she about gave me a heart attack through half the workshop because I would, I would have a scene and I would say, okay, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm thinking. All right, everybody set up. And I look around and Barb's gone. And she's she's not there. She's off taking a picture of a tree. And so I would go over and check on her and then check on, on the other guys and go back and check on her. And I was worried about her because I was worried that she wasn't getting what she needed from me. And she was off doing her own thing. But it turns out Barb just likes to go do her own thing. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about it. I was—I remember that first morning we were sitting there on those rocks in Greenbrier, and you're running back and forth because I chose to not go as far. Let me tell you, I was tired. I'm not used to crawling around stuff like. I'm like, uh, this is a good spot for me. I'm staying put. But you had to run back and forth, and I thought, oh geez, maybe I should get up, oh, get no. up and move. But no, yeah. and you know what? What's cool about that though is. I saw all of the images that, that people were producing from that workshop, you know, after the fact, and I would uh, follow them on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And I'd see the images and, and you'd see two or three from them and they were exactly, well, not, you know, not exactly the same image, but it's the image that I showed them. It's the, right. the sort of the way that I saw it and they did a good job they did their own take on it and all that stuff but it was the same and then yours would come up and it'd be like okay where was this you know I, I didn't i didn't see this i didn't see that tree that you did i didn't and i thought that was uh that was really cool and it, it actually uh, helped me in the workshop front by understanding that different people have different needs and and desires and wants and you know, if you like to go off and do your own thing, as long as you're happy doing that and I'm helping the way I can, then that's great. But I love the fact that you just go do your own thing and, and you still do, you go do your own thing. And I think that the, that's awesome. That's one of the things I love about you is you just do what you do. And yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I remember going on a, a camera club outing. I think it was down in the keys. We did that sunset over uh, Bahia Honda. And All right. and the next day, everybody's posting their pictures on Facebook and everything looked the same. <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh, this this is what I was afraid of. I don't want to I, I don't want to shoot the same things as everybody else. Not that I didn't want to shoot the beautiful sunset, but. um, And when I was with you, I remember thinking and, and this was in my own head. I'm not as good as the other two participants and I felt like I was holding them back. So I thought oh if I just goodness. took off and did my own thing, which was fine. I'm totally fine with that. I was just glad to be there. But, um, you know, you guys went and took pictures of that tree and, uh, Oh yeah. That, that the, the, there. not the bear tree, the, not the bear tree. I took a picture <laughs> of that tree. I saw it. I said, Oh, there's the, not the bear tree. But, um, <laughs> 
I, I, I always, and I still feel like this. I don't ever want to be in somebody else's way. I don't want to be the reason yeah. somebody isn't getting what they want. I'll, I'll just back off. I won't, I won't do that. That's, and that's the reason why I do my own thing a lot. Cause I, I, I won't be in anybody's way if I'm alone. Right. And you know, I'm actually a lot the same way. I cannot stand to be in somebody's way. Um, I think the only exception that I have to that is a story about Bryce Canyon. I don't know if you've ever been to, to Bryce Canyon, but if you go at sunrise, there are an incredible amount of people that go. And we went well before, I think we were there an hour to an hour and a half before sunrise. And I picked the spot that I wanted and I set my tripod up and the people that flooded in I, I was almost to the point of just saying, I am not going to move this whole day. And these folks can just forget about it because they were pushing and shoving and they were rude wow. and nasty and it was awful. So that's the regular only time Mesa I, Arch, huh? Yeah. That's the only time that I've <laughs> ever just stood my ground. I said, you know what? I, I don't care if I'm in these folks's way. No one is asking me nicely. You know, they're right. If somebody had said, Hey, can you move? I want to get, yeah, absolutely. No problem. But they're just pushing and shoving and standing right in front of the camera. Anyway, sorry. That yeah. Was no, I, 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 I totally get it. I because I've been to Zion. I went to Bryce. Um, I, I remember when I the first time I went to I actually went to Bryce twice. I went there when I rented that RV. Remember I told you that story. I rented a, a Cruise America RV, and they said, "Oh well, you're you can't drive that in here. You're gonna have to park it and take the shuttle because we only they only allow up to twenty feet." I said, "This thing's nineteen feet," and I took off. But I didn't want to get in any. There was it was packed. So instead of pulling off at the sunrise overlook or sunset or whatever the first ones, I drove like 10 miles south and I went somewhere where there was no cars parked and I pulled in and it was just, just as beautiful there as it was anywhere else. Nice. We talk about getting a different shot. Nobody got a shot like mine. Not that mine's any better, but it's it's certainly different. It's, it's definitely, yeah. And I, I think that's the other thing that, we talk about going to the iconic locations to these places and it's the same picture that's on the postcard. That's at the visitor center. When you pass by, I say, absolutely get that shot, but don't, you know, I say it all the time. Don't let your tripod grow legs. So you do, (laughs) you know, don't let it root into the ground because it's going to do it. It's going to grow roots and you're going to stay there and you're going to get back and you're going to have 150 shots of the exact same scene. So go up there, get the little shot that you want to get and then find something else to shoot and don't stay there forever. Now, if the light's changing and it's becoming dramatic, okay, you stay there a little longer, maybe take that shot a couple more times, but, but take that shot, get the iconic shot that everybody wants and then pick up and move to a different place and, and do what Barb does, which is be different. Go find those other, other yeah. different images and explore and see something that the other folks don't see. That's actually one of the things I love about the Everglades is you got those Cypress domes and you have millions of people that go through there every year and they drive all the way down to Flamingo and the Cypress domes are 20 feet, 30 feet off the road and they never see them. They never know they're there. Yeah. You got to get a little nasty and mucky and all that kind of stuff to go see them. But well, there's killer get, animals in there, you know. Yeah. Well, not the, everybody wants to go wading with an alligator. In a well, they, they do. They all have gator holes and they're, they're named that for a reason. But, you, you know, just know your environment, know what's going on. But still, right. that, that, or go with somebody that does know. Um, right. But, yeah, and that's the point is 
get the iconic shot, but then move on and find something else. I, I love that. Um, yeah, and- you know, when I was in Zion, I didn't even get that iconic shot. I did not stand on the bridge and take the shot of the Watchmen <laughs> like everybody does. I did get a shot of the Watchmen. Um, when I was there, it was it hadn't they hadn't started the shuttles up yet, or maybe oh, okay. it was just during the only oh, on the wow. weekends. Mm-hmm. Plus, I stayed at the lodge. I, I had one night. And I said, you know what, I'm going for it. I just paid the two hundred and fifty dollars or whatever it was, and I'm glad because. People go, and I got I got one of my most favorite shots from that whole trip was standing in the parking lot of the hotel of this tree against the red. <laughs> it was like a silvery tree with red background. Mm-hmm. You probably remember it. And the, yes. it looked like a bicycle spoke. They were just, the tree branches were going everywhere. And it was so, it was still winter yet. So they hadn't grown any leaves. But I, I just, I just cut off the bottom. There's a whole bunch of park, cars parked there. And nobody <laughs> knew it. I said, you know, you don't need to go up to Angel's Landing to get the, the epic shot. You don't need to go nope. stand on the bridge where you're not allowed to stand and take a picture of the watch. You just look around a little bit. You don't even need to look that far. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I saw this great shot just sitting on the back of the little cabin that I rented. Of course, there were other cabins in the way, but you right. know, had I you know, really spent some time I probably could have eked out a good shot, but it was just—it was just amazing. There, these places are beautiful. You don't need to take the same picture as everybody else. And uh, you, you know that actually brings up a whole other thing about photography that that I love about photography is that you see the world different when you're a photographer. Right. You see the world different, whether you have a camera in your hand or not. I mean, you completely see it, like the the image of the tree that you're talking about with the red background, someone, how many people saw that and just, you know, moved on and never thought of anything about it, but you, you know, you as a photographer took the time to see it and to arrange it the way that you want and to capture it and to, to make the order out of chaos as they say. But I, I love that about photography and, and photographers in general is camera or not, you see the world different. And right. I think it's, it, it, we need people that see the world different. Well, you know, I, I attribute that a lot to a lot of these people I watch on YouTube. You know, I, I don't watch the, the fro guy. I don't watch Serge Ramelli. <laughs> I don't watch those people. I watch people that, you know, get into their touchy-feely side, even though I'm not like that. But they harp on it. And I, yeah. I'm i like, what are you harping on? Because I'm thinking in my head, this is what I've always done. Shoot what makes you smile. Shoot what... Yeah. I just watched a, 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 a webinar last night with John Barclay. Look him up if you don't know him. He was, he's fantastic. And he says, he goes, when people ask you, what, what are you taking pictures of? Say, things that I love. Just find things that you love that, that catch your interest, that, that spark wonder and, and, and shoot it. Yeah. And I thought, well, is, isn't that what we're all supposed to be doing? But I, I guess... You know, because I, I wasn't told, you know, you got to go out there with the wide angle lens and get because we don't have you. would You can attribute or attest to this, Jason. We don't have epic landscapes. I mean, maybe we can get that if we're standing on an overlook in the Everglades, but it's just grass. <laughs> yeah, know? it's just grass. Uh... So we, we are forced to become mm-hmm. more creative, be more selective at what we point our cameras at. I think anyway. 
Absolutely. The Everglades made me a better photographer in a couple of years than the, probably the decade before. And it's because you go out there and you're like, uh, you know, this is just (laughs) a lot of grass and trees way off in the distance. What, what in the world am I supposed to do with this? Right. And coming from Tennessee and the big overlooks and the mountains and, you know, there's always something like that, some epic shot and get to the Everglades and you have to look, you have to find those intimate shots that, that really set the scene. Now, if you get lucky and you get a beautiful sky, okay, then great. But otherwise you're working as a photographer, you're working to find those, those really cool shots and it makes you work anywhere you go. So, right. you, you know, you go back to the Smoky Mountains and now you're working hard in the Smoky Mountains to find those shots that you don't normally do. And I, have well, to I say, think for the Smokies, I don't think it's as hard. I, I think they all right. you're just seeing stuff like it. it's it's. Oh, yeah, it's everywhere. Look, yeah, everything is a shot. But yeah, because you've had that time in the Everglades, you'll start seeing things that you normally wouldn't. And I think your photography has improved dramatically. Probably. I'm not saying it's Adam Gibbs's fault. But I see a lot of, <laughs> um, you know, his style, his, uh, the way he does it and the way Thomas Heaton does it. I see that kind of, I guess, bubble over into your, your style of photography and you're starting to pick out things that I normally, I wouldn't see. We went to that, that place. I don't even remember the name of it. The, the park that's up, up near here in West Palm beach uh-huh. uh, that's over in Jupiter rather. Right. And you were taking a, a photograph and I was like, what, what on earth, you know, is, is she, is she shooting? And then I saw the image. I'm like, Oh, that, no, that's great. The, it was the tree and you know the grass and everything that was underneath it. And I was like, that's, that's fantastic. And, yeah. you know, I love it. It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know what I would say right. 90% of the shots that I take just don't work, Right. It, but it's the 10% that we keep going back for. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it was uh, just something that caught my eye. Like, like I said, yep. you, if you, something stops you and you're like, Oh, what's that? You know, I, I, I do that when I'm driving home. I'm surprised I'm not running into more people because <laughs> just driving home, I'm looking, especially if you, you know, cause I go home right around sunset right now anyway. And it, you see the light the other day, there was a storm and the big, uh, the whole bowl rainbow, double rainbow. Oh wow! And I'm, I'm on us one driving home. I said, man, why can't I be out in the Everglades right now? <laughs> ah. Yeah, we, but, we go for those conditions to be perfect. And it just it doesn't always work that way. But uh, yeah. it's, you know, you can go 100 times and you start feeling bad. And then you have that one day where everything just lines up and you get two or three shots and it just recharges. Right. Well, that's that's where, you know, like uh, I watch Alistair Ben and he's one in touchy-feely and Oh, you know, yeah. what are you feeling when you see this? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know nothing. I, I don't feel anything. But you do if you, you know, yeah. I, I I did it online. We were talking about out of Chicago. I did an online review with him and Adam Gibbs. And he's and, and Alistair says, well, what were you feeling? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember what I was feeling. First of all, I don't think I was feeling anything. I just happy to be there. You know, it was just. Not not bad or good, just just I don't know, but I think when you start putting that bug in your head, you start yeah. thinking about it. You're like, oh, maybe I should think about that when I'm out. How was I feeling? I don't know, but maybe <laughs> maybe the next time you go out, you'll start thinking about it. So yeah. when you see something, you know, like uh, last year, I had gone, I had, I saw uh, a forecast that it was supposed to be foggy. This was last December. 
in the Everglades. And it was a Friday morning. And I got up two hours before I had to leave for work. I said, I'm going to the Everglades. I texted my coworker. <laughs> I said, I'm go- I might be a little bit late. So I get out there, and it's thick, thick fog, thick fog. I get inside the park. It's thick fog. I'm going to Pahayoke. <laughs> I get to Pahayoke, and there's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. But I said, you know what? I, I, I can't go anywhere else now. So I walked out. And the sun was hitting. There had to be thousands upon thousands of backlit spider webs and wow. all that grass. I said, you know what? This is not something I would have ever expected. And had I had more time, I probably would have shot it a little bit better. But it was so cool. Spider webs. Yeah, it's it's not what you went for, but it's what you ended up with. Yeah. And uh... So, you know, the thing that Alistair Ben always talks about is... Don't go out with any expectation. Just go out to look around, see what you see. Yeah, I think the I'm going to go out and see what I can see. The the key that I have to remind myself is you got to go. I mean, you're only going to get shots if you if you go out. You know what kind of shots you're going to get if you sit on the couch and watch another movie. So right. Well, I said I watch photography blogs. (laughs) I just watched them. I watch so many people. You know, I don't have cable. I don't, you know, when and right, right after our that hurricane in 2017, um, I had been considering cutting that cable cord, and I had gone up. It was my parents' 50th anniversary that year, so I drove up there, came home, and I probably didn't pay the cable bill, and they shut me off. So I called them up, and they're like, "Oh, well, you need to turn in your 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 modem and all this other hoo ha." I said, you know what? This is it. I'm cutting it. This is this is my cue. I'm no more cable. So I the next day I went there, I turned in everything, and I said, I only want the internet. And because I had a, a smart TV, I just started getting into YouTube. It was whoever I could find blog. I I because I had already been following Ben Horn, Adam Gibbs, Thomas Eaton. Yeah. And then I, know I started. I- following people that they were introducing. So I'd follow them and then whoever, and I, you know, now I got like 200 subscriptions. And uh, it's, uh, it's funny for me because, uh, you know, I, I've started getting on Vero a lot more and I'd love to actually have a podcast about Vero and, and how it's right. so much better than Instagram, Facebook right now, as far as uh, consuming photography. But anyway, on, on Sundays, I just scroll through your feed and there are so <laughs> many that you recommend on, on YouTube. I think it's, uh, well, it's hilarious because you know, I keep finding them when I do that. Everybody puts out videos on Sunday mornings and I'm like, guys, space it out because I feel like people are getting sick of my posts. But I, <laughs> I post some today. Uh, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but they're like, well, somebody commented. They thanked me because they, they had never heard of this person before. And I said, really? Yeah. Well, I, I said, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad somebody's looking at it. You know, when it, it helps if you get a big name introduce you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why that happened, I don't know. But uh, I all of a sudden, well, I was at your house. And all right. Watching a dog and I was doing something and my phone just started ding, 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 ding. Said, what is <laughs> is going that when on? Adam Gibbs? Vero, Adam Gibbs introduced <laughs> me as, uh, you know, someone who's supportive of the photography community. And I'm like, holy cow. I don't know wow. who half of these people are. So, of course, 
the way I think, I have to go and refollow everybody. So I'm following just about. And if I don't follow you and you, uh, yeah, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm really loving loving Vero right now. But uh, yeah. when I saw Adam Gibbs, I saw your name come across on his feed, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. And uh, <laughs> I I just knew you were gonna get lit up with that. So. Well, I didn't see it for like an hour because I couldn't even watch because my phone kept every every time I would go to look to see what was going on, it would pop back to the beginning because I, you know, I was using an Android that doesn't like Vero very much. But oh. I said, God, I can't see what's going on. But you know, when you get introduced, it doesn't come into your notifications. I wish they would do that. You oh, don't know yeah. it until you scroll through and just happen I didn't to see even it. Know it. Yeah, it, it, there was no like, oh, so and so introduced you. Oh, yeah. And, and I'll make sure that all of your information is going to be in the show notes. And we'll talk about that here at the end. But okay. uh, folks, if you're not on Vero, absolutely go take a look it, the the way it displays the images is really good. You get you, you get the feed of the people that you want to see. There are right. no ads. There's no reels There's no silliness. There's none of that here in, in Vero. So go check it out. I mean, it if you're a photographer, it is absolutely head and shoulders above Instagram and Facebook right now, as far as being able to view good photographs and, and really interact with people that are into photography. And I, I've, I've just really enjoyed it. I don't go to Facebook or Instagram very much anymore. Just on occasion, I'll take a look. So absolutely go look on Vero, but I'll have Barb's information uh, in the show notes. So you can make sure to, to check that out and go follow her and uh, go from there and see all the people that she follows and, uh, there's a lot. And you on Sundays, it, it's worth following or just for Sundays because you get all of the other people that she that she right. forwards all and, their and YouTube videos. You know, if you're a photography geek like me and already see them, you can just you can just turn that part off. You don't have to see that. You you have and that's the cool thing about Vero is you can pick what you want to see. You can you can turn off people that post music or movies or books. You can turn that off. You can just see photos or you can just see their links um somebody put out a video there's been so many videos about barrel um i want to say uh, peter mckinnon i think did a wow. how to you know really get into Vero. I, I think it was him if, if not i i don't know i think it was because he's he, he's been into it since when we all went there back in 2018. Yeah. When it crashed, everybody went at one time. Is that why crashed. everybody stopped? Cause I kept yeah. posting there and I thought, well, I need nobody here. I wanted to like knock on the door. Where is everybody? Yeah, um, no, I posted I, for like a year over there and there was nobody. Over there. Yeah. When, when it first started, I think it was Nick page. I said, all right, yeah. that's it. I'm giving up Facebook. Everybody go to Vero. And so yeah, everybody went to Vero and it really, yeah. really shocked their system. They had no idea that it was coming. And so people were having trouble getting signed on and, and you would open it up and it would uh, close the app. And it was just, it was a nightmare. So people right. would go and they'd try for a little bit and then they left. Well, uh, I don't know what the catalyst was. I don't know if Nick Page decided to go back and mention Vero yes. again, but yes. whatever issues they had, they fixed. And uh, it's a robust enough system now that, that I, I haven't had any issues getting back on and, and taking a look. I've, like I said, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, so. he, he was the one I saw him post on Instagram and he was going back to Vero and I was like, really? Is this still yeah. a thing? And and I, <laughs> of course, so I go to the Vero and 
I'm like, oh God, I got to log in. Let me guess. And thank God I remembered my password. And yep. <laughs> so, but the minute Nick Page says something, boy, everybody, everybody. Yeah. And then it was just this huge migration. And I thought, oh, man, this is so cool. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's awesome. So I th- we're running a bit longer than I anticipated, which yeah. uh, it, it always happens when we're together. But um, yeah, I talk too much. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, so what kind of? We'll we'll change gears a little bit. Okay. Uh, speaking of gears, I don't think I meant to do a pun there, but that's that's where we are. Uh, <laughs> what kind of gear do you shoot with? I have a Nikon camera. Um. People ask me, why are you shooting Nikon? I said, because Paul Simon. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, no, because the, the camera, the point and shoot I had, that was a Nikon. When I bought my own point and shoot, that was a, an inch above the Kodak point and shoot because it did not kill batteries. So I bought the Nikon and then I just kept going with it because probably because you had it. Um, it was either that. And, and I just never thought of anything. I said, you know what? This is it. I think because they were the one that I wanted, it was on sale. Oh, okay. I actually had the money to buy it. And, and I, I loved it. And I, I'll never switch. I do have, you know, Tamron lenses. And I have a lens baby. And I have, a, let's see, case, case filters. I'm going to sound like a NASCAR driver. Case filters, and I got um, <laughs> XQD, Samsung. <laughs> no, yeah. the, the Nikon Cameron, gear Cameron is lenses. just, yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I left Nikon and came back. So, yeah, don't, if you have Nikon, it's okay. You can, you can shoot Nikon and still do some, some good right. photography. There, there was somebody, so. I forget who, who said it. They said, you know what? The cameras nowadays are a hundred times better than anything that they used 20 years ago. Any yes. camera is going to be just fine unless you are a professional billboard shooter. Right. You know, <laughs> it, it, you know, what do you need 30 frames per second so you can get that eye sharp? How many times are you going to be shooting? <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, you know, I've got the Z9 and it only does 20 frames a second oh, to get wow. the eye sharp. So it's, you know, it's it's right. certainly lagging behind, of course. You know, I, I'm not going to say I'm not into gear because I watch several YouTubers and all I see is that that GFX. And I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah. you know, when I was in the Smoky Mountains, uh, one of the instructors was Mark Denny, who I've been mm-hmm. watching since he started as well. And I, I said, well, sit down. I, You know, he was probably asking if I needed help, which, I, you know, what I always say, you know, just sit down. We'll chat. So. And he pulled out his GFX and I looked at him and I was like, oh, oh. he goes, yeah, I know. It's a little much. I go, what do you think? <laughs> I said, but it sure is fun to play with. I'll bet. Yeah. When yeah. I was having my identity crisis with Nikon and Sony and all that stuff, I had, I had really considered Fuji because of that, that GFS 100 and, right. and the kind of images that you get from it. But the thought of, of, that the cost of that body and then you go look at the lenses you're like yeah okay not not yet no (laughs) right yeah i'll stick with my little z6 i have the z6 no ones or twos after just just the plain z6 plain z6 yeah plain (laughs) i've got the z6 too as well and um i i i love that that camera so um yeah no and the thing that got me well you know i i had bought uh jason's old uh it was 
the D4, that's that's a professional camera, right? Yes. It was yeah, a pro model. So I bought that mm-hmm. from him when he went to the 850. And that thing is so heavy. And I traveled with it <laughs> and I said, oh my God, this is awful. I can't carry all these F28 lenses with this big brick. And as good as that camera was, I mean, I still have it. I'll still use it. It, it comes with me sometimes if I'm not going far. But when our friend loaned me his, I was going to take it for a weekend and <laughs> I took it home with me on like a Monday night. I played with it a little bit. Next morning, I ordered my own. I said, come pick up your camera because I'm going to get mine in two days. And I was amazed at the in-camera stabilization. I stood there and shot a sunset handheld. I was like, oh, my God, this is this is fabulous. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe the technology jump from DSLRs to mirrorless. Yes. And, and that alone, the in-body stabilization, uh, it makes pretty much any lens you put on it stabilized. Right. And it's right. not just a little bit. You know, you like you said, you can uh, sometimes shoot a sunset handheld if if you're in that situation. Right. It's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. I love the direction gear and technology goes. I talk a lot about it because I, I like it. I just like gear. I like the tech part. I like the photography part and the the composition and, you know, the touchy feely stuff. I'm kind of coming around to a little bit too, but I love the, (laughs) I do love the gear. Um, Yeah. All right. So for brand new photographers, when, you know, think back when you first started in photography, what kind of advice would you have given yourself all those years ago? If you had had the chance. Um, Not to worry about gear. Right. I, you know, I, well, that first camera I had, that was, that definitely had to go because that, that, it still doesn't shoot. Even now that I know what I'm doing, it still takes terrible, that nothing's in focus. But you get a decent camera. A crop sensor, there's nothing wrong with a crop sensor. Oh. Matter of fact, I think David Johnson just had a video. He says, there is nothing wrong with crop sensor cameras. If that's all you can afford, you're better off with that than, than some huge credit card bill for something that you don't even know if you're going to be interested in, in a right. year. Get the, you know, they're, they make some pretty fantastic crop sensor cameras. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if you start like I did, um, and you, you want to get better gear, um, you know, you get a lens, focus on right. getting a full frame lens, even though you're shooting the crop sensor. Uh, that's right, because it gives you options later, and if you decide right. that you, you do want to go full frame, you don't have to buy the new lens. You can put a full it. frame lens on a crop sensor, right? you know, and that's the great thing about it. They're interchangeable. It's not the other way around. I mean, you can. You can no. put it on there, but you're going to have a, looks like you're looking through a fisheye. Yeah, um, you lose a lot when you do that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess don't get caught up in all the, the hype, because what do you do when you first learn? You, you learn you want to know about gear. So where do you go? You go to YouTube and you listen to people like Fro and you listen to people like, um, what's that couple? There's a husband and wife. Oh, the Northrop's. Oh my yes. goodness. Uh, yeah, the don't watch them. <clears throat> you know, our, yeah. our friend watches them and all he does is complain about them. I'm like, don't watch them <laughs> anymore. Stop watching them. Yeah. As you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll watch them if I really want to learn about a, a specific uh, piece of equipment. If I'm thinking about buying a new, like I just bought the, the, my latest lens was the 15, 14 to 14 to 30, 14. Yeah. 14 to 30, 35. I can't remember. It's a new Z lens. It's F4. Okay. 
the 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 Nikon Z fourteen to thirty. Is it thirty five? It's fourteen to thirty. Thirty thirty. Mm -hmm. Okay. I haven't used it yet. Oh. Um. Well, I haven't been out anywhere. <laughs> um. <laughs> but that the only reason I'm gonna go to a website like that or to a YouTube site like that is if I'm specifically looking for a review on that piece of equipment. Don't sit there and watch them over and over. You are going to have gas, which is the gear acquisition syndrome, not <laughs> the other kind. Um, but yeah, you, you're just gonna you're gonna second guess everything you own. You're gonna you're gonna want everything that everybody else has, and it, and you take it takes your mind off of what you're doing. You you get out and shoot. Yeah, you know? that's, that's the other the... day we had a we had a, a Scott Kelby that walk. Um, I didn't even take my camera out. It was there. I wasn't comfortable with all the people, and I said, "You know what? I'm just gonna take out my cell phone." And I walked around, and I had a ball. And it's oh, okay good. if I didn't get a shot. Yeah, that's okay. It it would be hard to get a really good shot with that that kind of environment anyway. Right. So, uh, no. But I mean, that's, yeah, that's if, if you're yeah. new, I w yeah, I would just don't don't get caught up in all the. You got to do this and you got to learn this and just, just learn what you learn. And, and the biggest thing I think is to enjoy, enjoy that first year because once you get to a point where you not, you don't, you don't ever know everything, but when you're comfortable, when you know the exposure triangle and you, you can go out there and start flipping the dials and you know where to put them, that, that newness is gone. That, right. that whole, it's like, I guess like having a kid. That baby's that that infant stage is gone. Now they're the terrible toddlers and everything's crazy. But <laughs> you'll never get that back. You will never have that first year of learning what you learned back. Right. You know? And and uh, I think for me, uh, yeah, I learned that years and years and years ago. The exposure right. triangle was back in in early two thousands, and I that I love that new feeling. So now for me, I yeah. I chase the light. So I chase that that beautiful sky and that's where I get that new feeling. So when I see it and now yeah. I don't worry about those settings and all that kind of stuff anymore um, because I, I, I learned that years ago. So I just flip the dials and I just enjoy the moment, enjoy the, what we see, enjoy the newness of that nature's giving us at the time. And I, so I love that, but yeah, enjoy right. that learning process. Enjoy that first year, yeah. uh, however long it takes you to learn it and just absolutely enjoy it. Um, I think the, the yeah. best advice is to get out and shoot, whether it's with your phone or whether it's yeah. here, uh, whatever it is. Oh, absolutely. Get out. Get out. Yep. You'll learn more. That, that's something I did do in the field. Yep. Yeah. When I, when I joined the club, I remember going out with the club and, and I thought, Oh my God, everybody is so much better than me. I, I have to go out. And I went out every weekend. I went, I didn't know even the Everglades. I had, I had driven to Flamingo once maybe, but, I hadn't really been out there. So I went every weekend and I walked some trail or I walked some boardwalk or down some road and just, like I said, whatever caught my eye, I took a picture of it. Chances are it looked like poo-poo, <laughs> but I had fun and I learned a lot. Yeah. And you start, and another thing, learn about what you're shooting. Learn, oh, yeah. you know, if you're out in nature, figure out what that nature is. What do you, you got a picture of a plant? If it looks really pretty, look it up. Figure yeah. out what, what's so special about it. 
Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely horrible on that with birds because <laughs> I still identify them by color. Yep, that's a white bird. Yeah, and it, it's so sad wow. because I know that if I spend the time and effort to learn the bird, I'll know the the habits that it has, and I can better predict. And I, I know right. all that. But uh, yeah, birds they're they're white and and gray and black and yeah that's that's it some of the white birds have a yellow beak and some of them have yellow feet and black that's beak right. and black feet and yellow beak yeah that's right oh my goodness i, I well, love it I, you know what my phone has a has a this thing called a lens i don't know what what it's google pixel phone okay and if i don't know what something is i can take a picture of my screen with my phone and then it'll look it up it'll actually that oh ai will look up whatever flower a tree and it doesn't it's not always correct but i have identified so many things butterflies when we did our scavenger hunt last i didn't know what they were. i just i shot every butterfly i could see i don't know what they were but then when i got home i identified them through this lens thingy oh that's great it's pretty cool yeah yeah i, I gotta start using that so i can just uh because you know when you're when you're posting on on vero or instagram or whatever you, it's time to do the keywords i'm like ah there's, you know, there's not yeah. a whole lot under white bird. So no. I've got to do a lot better with well, that. Well, that's, that's the funny <laughs> thing about, you know, me with nature first that, you know, I'm an ambassador. So they asked me to be in charge of the United States Facebook page, their administrator. So I thought, well, what, what, what's, what's my purpose? You know, I think to get people interested and to get people to join. So you got to, you got to get traffic into your Facebook site. You got to get traffic to the website. So I tried to get people in by doing a photo thing. So I would do monotone Mondays. Well, I'm still doing them. Wildlife Wednesdays. And I do a feature Friday where I, I come up with some weird holiday and I create a photo thing from it. So I go back into my old, old photos. Cause I have a Dropbox folder with all my old photos. And whenever something comes up and I need a photo, I pull it out and then I'll look at it and think, okay, how can I pull out a nature first principle from it? How can I make this photo a teaching moment? Nice. And let me tell you, it's difficult sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> I already harp on, but how many times can you come up with something new? But if it's a new photo, yeah, but I've, I've learned a lot <laughs> because I want to tell other people. So if I don't know about it, I can't tell other people about it. So I figure I better learn. And that's where I come up with some of my education. <laughs> Educate yourself about the places you photograph. That's right. It, it'll help you in a lot of ways. It'll help you with uh, better photographs. It'll help you make sure right. you take care of what you're photographing. You know, if we want to talk about yep. nature first there, it helps you make sure that they're safe. That if it's a critter that it's safe or if it's an environment that you're only leaving your footprints and only if you're okay to leave your footprints. I know there are places right. in the Tetons, for example, that that they have signs up that say don't cross this line because they're trying to revive that area. And I've seen people walk sure. straight across it. So don't don't be that guy or gal. Yeah, well, they got sand dunes over on Key Biscayne that when we were out there with the club, there were people picnicking Beyond the ropes where it says, do not enter. Oh my goodness. Seagrass restoration area. And people, I, yeah, it's. Yeah. It's in both languages. So it's not like people didn't, can't read it. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we, we had such a, a good time talking. We ended on kind of a downer there. Uh, so. That's okay. No, no, no. We're, we had, we, we're learning. We're learning. That's right. 
All right. So where can people find out about you? How do they find you? Um, well, I have to want to be found first. No, I do have a <laughs> website, but I'm, I am so bad. I have not, I don't think I've, I haven't gone into it in like two years. <laughs> oh I'm, this is terrible. I'm, I'm so embarrassed, but you know, I feel like I'm sitting on Oprah's couch. I got to bear my soul. But I have not touched my website. You know, it's so daunting. When I first got it, I got so excited and I put everything that I could find that I had downloaded from Facebook. You know, I upload an yeah. old picture. I, this is when I first did the website. So it was like four years ago. And the pictures were awful and they were small, they were compressed. And I, I was in the process of changing them. And then I thought, I just got so much crap. I got to get rid of it. I, I, I got to revamp this whole thing. And then it, it just became too much. So I just, I just stopped and I said, no, no. So, but I, I do have a, I have a Facebook, I have a personal Facebook page. I have a Facebook photography page, page. Um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Vero, I'm on Flickr. Oh man, Flickr is still around. Oh yeah, I I haven't posted there in a while, but every once in a while I get there. Some people still post there. You talk about a great platform to see photos. This Flickr is great. It's great. It's just oh, that not good. a lot of people are there. The commenting is kind of like Vero. It's it's difficult to follow, but it's not very social minded. You know, when you comment on Vero, if you comment yeah. Yeah, on a if you comment on a Flickr, the person I don't think sees it. Oh, okay. Or if they do, you can't like reply to it and carry a conversation. It's just like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, uh, be the very is mostly not that anybody's going to be able to spell that. <laughs> that's okay. That's, <laughs> that's why I'll put them in the show notes, make yeah. sure that they're easily be the very accessible. Or be the very photo. Um, <laughs> I changed my Instagram handle like two years ago because I was, I had to put photo in there. So people knew I wasn't just some, some uh what do you call them influencer oh that <laughs> <laughs> so, so i'm be the very photo um but yeah website yeah. Uh, i'll eventually okay. get there <laughs> yeah just uh yeah go through and delete all your stuff and start over that you know what that's pretty much what i should do <laughs> yeah. I, I got a really good opening page i like that but I have to <laughs> you know back when i started i had pictures of my nieces playing volleyball oh like, i'm into sports photography <laughs> no i'm not oh it was awful i still have them up and i have people i think i went on a cruise uh, you know like a local miss game cruise and i was waiting and some lady oh your photographer take my picture I'm like, okay <laughs> And it turned out really cool, but you know, I put some people and it's just, yeah, it's all over the place. Uh, you know, I've been talking about podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of uh, F stop. I'm not going to say the whole thing. because It's stupid, but, um, is that the F stop and listen, F stop, collaborate and <laughs> listen. I, ugh, I just cringe when I think about that guy, not, not Matt, but the actual guy, uh, <laughs> But he he had a uh, a guy on I can't I flip back because he's been doing it for so long and he's so prolific he had like two hundred and eighty podcasts wow I don't know that guy's a superman but anyway he he had some uh, website creator that he interviewed and it was very interesting so I I'm gonna 
kind of take some of those ideas and <coughs> excuse me and uh, see if I can't boost my website one of these days. Not that I really need it because it's not like I sell anything. Well, you you got to start somewhere, right? Well, you know, I, I get people like, oh, do you sell your pictures? Yeah. Oh, I really like this one. Okay, tell me how big you want it. I said, you know, I tell people, go home, get a tape measure, figure out how big you want it, and then let me know. And then I don't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm okay. I'm the same way. Print print sales are very hard to come by. Actually, um, I I don't uh, that, and I'm not a very good salesman. So well, I don't care if somebody wants <laughs> it. Great, yes, I'll I'll print it. I'll I'll give it to you at cost. I don't care. I'm not, and I don't do this to make money. Now, if I was other people that have really good stuff yeah. then yeah i would i would sell and you know maybe i could get a new lens maybe i could get that 100 400 z lens oh yeah yeah 2700 dollars. Well, start saying when you get one of those just buy two and let me have one so right I, i'll <laughs> let you use my tamron <laughs> <laughs> i really want that 400 four five i i, I don't know i'm kind of torn between the 100 to 400 or the 400 four five because uh, I know at 400, 45 would be really nice and sharp, and but then you're stuck. But anyway, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what. Next time I see you, I'm bringing my big bazooka, my okay. 150 to 600. That thing is unbelievable. It's Tamron, but it's fantastic. Oh yeah, I got you bird don't. shots, and you wouldn't. They're they're tack sharp from handheld. Right. You you know. Don't don't poo poo on the, oh, no. the aftermarket. aftermarket. No, I I definitely wouldn't. Tamron and Tamron make great stuff. Stepping up big time, yeah. And, and I love to see that uh, Nikon is starting to allow their their mount their Z mount to be used by the third party. So we're we're gonna start seeing some third party Z mount, and I yeah. am excited about that because Tamron I'm and excited. Sigma both they do a great job. So, yes. Yep. All right. Yes. Well. We're going to keep talking for the next hour and a half, probably, because that's, I think that's about how long we've been going, um, which is fantastic. Yeah. But we're going to go ahead and close it out <laughs> to, tonight. And um, Barb, thank you very much for coming. I'd love to have you back on if you're interested. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I could, uh, you know, we could actually talk about the workshops I've been in. <laughs> I mean, all I did was touch on it and mention any people, well, a couple people. But yeah, yeah we, we can go into greater detail. I, I think... Uh, if I have you back on, it'll probably be another hour and a half. So that's, uh, oh, God. that's great. I could talk for days. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, know right. I was very, I, I told you earlier, I was very nervous because I don't like being, and I'm, I probably won't even listen to this. I can't stand the sound of my own voice, but I could talk forever. <laughs> well, you, you know, the, the sad thing is, uh, or the truth of it is, is nobody can sound, uh, stand the sound of their own voice. Like for me, mine drives me crazy. But I've been doing this now for so long. I'm just used to it. So you'll eventually get used to it after right. you, know, you cringe every single time you hear it. Well, yeah, it was funny. Matt Payne mentioned it. He goes, I just turned it up to one and a half the speed. And it sounds like I'm a chipmunk. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so a then you can tolerate it. All right. Well, uh, okay. we'll close it out. And I'm going to close it out the same way I do uh, every time, which is get your camera. Oh, wait. Is that is that how I do it? How do I do it? Uh, get, get off the yeah okay see i always have trouble closing it out so uh you gotta have a script i know i should it's, and you know i've done that before and i i still mess it up it's pretty <laughs> pretty awesome anyway so get off the couch grab your camera escape explore and create <laughs>